Last week, Mexico's President Andres Manuel López Obrador asked for an apology uh, to the Pope for the Catholic Church's role in the oppression of indigenous people uh, during the Spanish conquest 500 years ago. Uh, President uh, Obrador requested an apology to the Spanish monarchy last year as well. Uh, However, the Spanish government uh, did not respond to the request, saying that it was unnecessary. Uh, This year's request to the Pope was delivered uh, through the Mexican First Lady, Beatriz Gutierrez-Müller's visit to the Vatican recently, requesting uh, that also the uh, Vatican's collection of ancient Aztec artifacts uh, be returned. So to discuss the the background and implications of all of this, we are pleased to be joined uh, from the Department of History at the Catholic University of America, Professor Julia Young on the line. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us, Professor Young. So uh, the uh, recent request for an apology by uh, Mexico was actually the second request to the Pope as well as to the uh, Spanish monarchy. Uh, And this was apparently dismissed by the Spanish government last year. Um, Spain's view seems to be that uh, this apology is unnecessary because 500 years have passed and this current Spanish government, which is not run by the monarchy, is not responsible for the actions of the past. Uh, Can you just give us your overall view on the situation um, in terms of the Spanish response to the apology and also what you think the the Vatican response will be? Yes, certainly. Um, Yes, so this is the second time that um, President López Obrador has asked for an apology for the human rights violations committed during the Spanish conquest. Um, and uh, the Spanish government in 2019, the first time he asked, uh, publicly rejected the apology. And, the, and in the press, the idea that the Spanish government would apologize was largely, largely ridiculed, um, not only in the Spanish press, but also in the international press. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certainly a few people in Spain, most of them on the political left, who feel that there needs to be more recognition of the negative aspects of colonization um, and who maybe offered some support for of Lopez Obrador's request. Um, but in general, I think it's safe to say that many people in Spain, perhaps most, um, view the history of colonization in a fairly positive light um, without a lot of reflection on any negative consequences that it had for indigenous people. Um, and with regard to the Vatican, uh, there was not really any formal response in 2019, and I don't think there's any reason to expect a formal response or apology either, although it is important to note, um, and Catholics that in 2019 pointed out, and I think we'll point out again, that Pope Francis, um, during his 2015 trip to Latin America, actually did apologize during a speech in Bolivia um, not only, I'm quoting, not only for the offense of the church herself, but also for crimes committed against the native peoples during the so-called conquest of America. Um, so, we, and with regard to the artifacts, in the past, the Vatican has lent out artifacts, mm-hmm. so that may actually be an issue um, where the, the Lopez Obrador government may have some success. They may actually be able to get the artifacts, but we'll have to see. So when we're talking about these momentous uh anniversaries. Next year is the 500th anniversary of the fall of Tenochtitlan, uh, the uh, Aztec city, is also the bicentenary of Mexico's independence from Spain. Uh, when when we talk about uh, López Obrador, and you mentioned how there are elements of the left in Spain who have a different view than perhaps what the current uh, official Spanish government stance is. If this 
does seem it like it has fallen largely on ideological lines on how you view colonization, how you view the need for an apology. And if we um, uh, go with the premise that Lopez, Lopez Obrador is uh, representing the the left, there is this idea uh, among his critics that this is sort of a politically exploitative move to uh, shore up power and maybe boost his political standing. Uh, is there any validity to that sentiment? Certainly. I mean, I think there are many people in Mexico who believe that um, AMLO, as he's known, he's known by his initials, um, is using this as a kind of opportunity to detract from his own government's failings or flaws. So just in recent days, there have been some pretty big protests against AMLO in Mexico City, in the main plaza, um, and then more um, generally, in the last few months, um, there has been a lot of criticism of his management of the his response to the pandemic. Um, Mexico has been experiencing um, a lot of illness and, and increased mortality as a result of the novel coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also really suffering economic consequences from the pandemic. So, so some um, political commentators. Um, might say or have said <laughs> that he's using this as a strategy to distract from the issue of jobs or economic recovery or or um, recovery from the pandemic, and instead to turn to this sort of historic symbolism. Um, so uh, he definitely is also prone to use to using history in a political way. So he's he's preparing for this 500-year anniversary, as you note, um, and he's setting the stage for what will probably be a very anti-Hispanic commemoration. And this is something um, that has a long history in Mexico, mm-hmm. especially from the 20th century on. It's not uncommon for political leaders, um, especially those on the left, to kind of point to Spain as responsible for a lot of Mexico's long-standing problems, um, especially the problems that are faced by its indigenous population. Um, and I'll just say also that to, to counter that, um, last year when AMLO asked for an apology from the Vatican and from Spain, the spokeswoman of the National Indigenous Council um, responded to that and said, basically, you know, your government actually needs to ask for an apology of indigenous people for dispossessing them of their lands and displacing them and imposing these sort of mega projects on them. So there's a lot of debate over these issues within Mexico. And certainly, so um, if we can acknowledge that there are those accusations of uh, AMLO trying to exploit nationalistic sentiment to uh, cover up some of the failings of his government, especially in light of the uh, COVID epidemic and uh, pandemic and uh, the ensuing uh, economic problems and societal issues, uh, as well as corruption uh, charges. But there is a wider sort of revisiting of history is there not, uh, Professor Young? I mean, we see it in the United States as well, where uh, you Absolutely. talk about Christopher Sol- uh, Columbus as the symbol of uh, kind of opening up the new world to to uh, Europe. Uh, that there's a revisiting of all of that, including with um, kind of previously esteemed historical figures, even if you go back to uh, America's founding fathers. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. It's really important to acknowledge that. And this is part of a debate that's really going on throughout the Americas and maybe throughout the world mm-hmm. right? um, about the legacy of these, the history of colon- colonialism and colonization. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, really with, with the arrival of Columbus in 1492, we see um, sort of successive waves of Europeans coming to the Americas um, and searching for, you know, gold or land or power um, or opportunity. But in doing so, they subjugate um, the indigenous peoples who have been living across the continent. Um, and in many instances, very violently. Um, and there are, there are very, there are many sort of contemporary accounts of Spanish brutality towards indigenous people. Of course, Spanish, the Spanish who came were not uniquely brutal. They're really, this is a, the history of European colonization is really a history of violence against indigenous people. Um, it's a history of slavery. People were transported from their native regions to other regions. They were forced to work in gold mines or in agriculture. Um, and there were many, many instances of rape against indigenous women. So this is part of the this is part of this history, the really painful and tragic part of this history. And and then it's also important to note, since the church is involved in this, um, since AMLO is making this request of the church to put that into context, um, you know, the colonization effort went hand-in-hand with Christianization effort. Um, The Spanish considered Christianization of the natives to be an inseparable part of the colonization project. And there were many different methods of conversion, um, and some indigenous people did convert willingly to Christianity, but the majority were forced to convert to Christianity and punished or, or even killed if they didn't comply. Um, so that's part of, again, that sort of tragic and painful history um, that, you know, people now, people still to this day are trying to... Um, to reconcile and to confront, and um, and and it certainly makes it problematic um, to kind of point to Columbus in an uncomplicated way and say, you yeah. know, oh, this person is a hero who who set off this uh, these only positive developments. It's it's really important, I think, to look at both the negatives and the positives of that history. Yeah, a very different era from when I was a kid. Uh and studying Western Civ, and you think about the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria, and uh, talk about the exploits of Ponce de Leon and Cortes, and how there was this romanticization that took place that uh, uh, certainly, as you say, a, a kind of a much more realistic look at this uh, is going to be important for our future generations. Professor Young, um, I wish we had more time to discuss this. It's really a fascinating uh, look into what's going on right now in Latin America, as well as uh, Spain and the Catholic Church. Uh, thank you so much and appreciate it. Hope Hopefully we can talk again soon. Wonderful. Thank you for having me. That was Professor Julia Young from Catholic University of America.